Okay, hello and welcome. Hello. I'm Heather. And I'm Laura. And we are Sweet Sweet Death. Um, I think we have a lot to talk about this week. Yeah. So you go. You said kind you had of. a story. Okay, so um, as you know, it's like Christmas season or whatever. So like I was pretty excited to like decorate and I made my own fireplace or whatever out of like cardboard. Oh, that's and, like, so cute. Yeah, it came out really cute. I have to show you a picture of it. But then like, so I was wanting to do like a spooky Halloween, like... I wanted like a creepy Christmas tree kind of like mm-hmm. I had seen this picture of an Adams family Christmas tree and it just looked like a bear tree. Oh, cool. So I was like, oh, maybe I can make one out of sticks or something like that. Yeah. So like during my lunch or something, when I was driving home from work, I had seen like a pile of sticks at this like place, just like an abandoned building. And I was like, oh, I'll stop there and get them. But then when I was stopping there to get them, uh, the dude I'm seeing or whatever ended up being at my house, like on my way home from work or mm-hmm. Yeah on my way home from work and so then I was like oh like I'll just come and get you you can like help me get some like sticks or whatever and like break them so then I go to get him and as I'm pulling up I see in my neighbor's yard like they have like a whole bunch of sticks like a big pile like they cut off like some branches from their tree mm-hmm. I was like oh I'll just go knock on their door and ask them for like some branches or whatever so then like I'm walking over Dylan's like standing like on their sidewalk I'm standing on their sidewalk just like in front of their house mm-hmm. he's like let's just go to like the pile you found he's like it's fine I was like no like I was like it's right here like I'll just go knock like there's sticks and like as we're saying this like they pull up and like they're in two separate cars so it's like the girlfriend and her boyfriend and I think when like she gets home he shows up or something like that and uh-huh. she lives with like her parents there at their house or whatever I think she's like my age anyways they end up pulling up and then like she sees us like in front of their house obviously and it's like kind of weird yeah and so she just like stops and it's just like sitting there and then we're just like staring and then i was just like and then i just felt pressured like okay now i need to like ask otherwise yeah. you're gonna be like why the fuck were they in front of my house so i'm just like standing there waiting and then the boyfriend gets out of the car and she just like like pulls into her Whoa. like spot or whatever like in the carport like oh yeah, and then I was just, like, feeling really, like, nervous. I was like, oh, God. So then I just, like, asked him. I was like, hey. I was like, we were just wondering if we could have, like, some of those sticks from the side of your house. He's like, oh. Uh, he's like, yeah, that should be fine, but I got to ask my girl. <laughs> so then she gets out of the car, and she just looks, like, fucking, like, pissed off, like, yeah. in a bad mood. She's, like, walking up to her door. And he, like, goes over to her and, like, asks, like, hey, they were wondering if they could have some sticks. And, like, we can hear all yeah. of this, cause it's, like, right in front of us. And she's like, No. They're standing in front of my house fucking waiting outside. She's like, it's fucking weird. No. Oh, my No. No. And I was just like, and then we're like, okay. And I just like walked away, like back to my house, like right across the street. And I was like, this is so fucking awkward. But then after that, I was like, I fucking hate this bitch. I was like so mad. I was like, yep. I was like, why the fuck does she freak out on me for asking for some sticks? And then, yeah, I just felt so weird. Like, she thought I was just, like, standing outside of her house. Yeah. It was just an awkward situation. (laughs) (laughs) But then I was thinking about how you're like, I never talk to my neighbors. And I was like, yeah, I'm never doing this again. Really? I feel like now you need to, every time you see her, make a big wave. Hey, neighbor! (laughs) Yeah. No, I say that, but I know I would run. Yeah. Dude, I fucking, like, marine crawl practically up to my door. Like, nobody look at me. So yeah, that was a little fucking awkward experience I had with the sticks, so yeah. it was fun. And then I was like, well, we'll just forget that idea. And I went and bought, like, a normal Christmas tree. Um, well, we have a depressing tree here. We have a bear fake tree. Well, I mean, it's not bear. It has little sad <laughs> Charlie Brownish type branches. It's nice. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so it was John's mom, uh, his mom's. So she smoked, I don't know, three packs of cigarette a, yeah. cigarettes a day um for decades uh 
I forgot how bad it smelled when I took it out of the box because I in, must have inhaled a year's worth of cigarette oh smoke out of this box. So I did take it out. I febrezed the <laughs> shit out of it. So hopefully uh, it won't catch fire when I turn the lights <laughs> on. Um, yeah, that's our Christmas. And we've got them all wrapped here. And so yeah. cute. That's uh, fine. Yeah, it would be cuter <laughs> if it had any kind of decoration on it at all. <laughs> yes, nothing. We're usually pretty bare bones. We're yeah. not. We're not big decorators. I wish I was. That's kind of how I am. I'm just like, uh, like I yeah. Like well, it. like my mom, my my parents go big. Yeah. They have everything decorated. It's such a pain in the ass. They hate it, but they do it every yeah. year. <laughs> they complain bitterly about decorating, but they have to. Like it. It does add, like, so much more to the yeah. joy of Christmas. My mom loves Christmas and, you know, very religious. Yeah. So she's, like, pumped. She's got the manger ready, ready yeah. to go. <laughs> I just took this tree out, and today is, what is it? The eight, 16th. Oh, the yeah. 16th, right? It's in, like, nine It's in nine days. days. <laughs> I got this up two days ago, and it has no ornaments. It is not plugged in. It's fine. No topper. <laughs> So. All I have is a tree in my fireplace, so. Right? You've got your fireplace. Oh, are you going to put a little Grinch above it? A Grinch? No. Yeah. I oh, put, fine. like, I wanted to make it, like, creepy. I hung just little black, like, stockings oh, from it. And, like, that'd be cute if you had a little Santa spider coming oh, down. That is cute. <laughs> right? That's a cute idea. A little sack over his many legs. Yeah. Yeah. I thought of, I had seen this thing after the fact that I got my Christmas tree. It was, like, a skeleton. Like, so, like, the top part of it is, like, the skeleton. And then mm-hmm. it looks like it's, like, it's dress or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wish I could do that. But, yeah, I just didn't have the energy. I was like, whatever. I was like, yeah. It's fine. It's great because I'm, I'm following that Halloween prop group, right? And a lot of them have recycled their Halloween decorations into, like, into Christmas. Christmas where they just put... They were just lazy. They just put Santa hats on their zombies outside or yeah. whatever. Like, it's Christmas. Um, it was fun. just funny, like, you know, skeletons in a sleigh. Like, Oh, that's funny. Yeah, just, I just, love that. Just ridiculous shit. So, yeah, people people having a lot of fun out there. I hope someday I can yeah. – I would love, like, a Krampus. Me too. That's Dude. what I wanted to do. Like, yeah. it was so awesome. But, yeah. Yeah. Someday, Next I'm year. Broke. Yeah. Next year's the year. Um, but uh, – yeah, I don't know that anyone has decorations left on their house after the great windstorm oh, yeah, of God. 2021. Uh, Colorado Springs blew away yesterday. <laughs> There's nothing left. Yep. Um, so you did not fare out well. Your house still has no power. Yeah, and it's been like, yeah, practically two days. Because I think it went out with like one yesterday. So I guess like a yeah. day and a half. But But through the night, it's cold. Yeah, it was freezing cold. Because when I got home from work, it was like 68 degrees. And when I left, it was 56. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, there's no fucking way. I'm yeah. staying here tonight. Like, yeah. it was getting so cold so fast. And so, yeah. And I can't cook. It's, like, pitch fucking black. I was, like, mm-hmm. trying to, like, get stuff in my fridge in the kitchen. I was like, uh, And it, like, hasn't been really refrigerated for, like, a while yeah. now. And I was like, uh, never mind. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. We mm. we lost power at about 11-ish yesterday. But, yeah. eh, you know, it was during the day. I mean, that wind was going crazy. Yeah. I was, like, really concerned. I was even staring, dude. I was staring at our tree out there, <laughs> that pine tree. I was oh, waiting. Like that is I was like, like oh, those over. roots are going to start pulling up, man. I just know it. Yeah. But then I saw my neighbor had their trash cans out, and they weren't – they had just fallen over, oh. but they weren't blowing away. I was okay. like, okay, if it's not pushing these yeah, trash cans, it it's, not, it's not ripping the trees out. 
But then I had to get, I get a text from, because she doesn't have her phone because I don't let her yeah. have it. Um, but her friend texted saying, hey, can you come pick her up? And um, and it was totally legit. Parents were coming and getting their kids early from oh, school because yeah. the school had no power. So teachers are all on walkie talkies and you know, you hear the bloops like constantly yeah. and they're asking for kids. And then before the kids leave, they're like, do you know this person? Yes. Who is this person? <laughs> do you feel safe leaving with them? I'm like, okay. Go. It's like a serious <laughs> event. Yeah. It my, really is. My sister says she went to Starbucks and she has like my one-year-old niece or whatever uh-huh. with her. And I guess the guy at Starbucks, like he pissed my sister off because she went up and then he was like, oh, like what a cute baby. Like, how old is she? And my sister's like, oh, she's one. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. He's like, oh, wow. She's very tiny for being a one-year-old. And what? He's like, you better be careful out there in that wind. She's going to blow away like a football. And he's like, but it's okay. I'll go to her funeral. <gasps> what and then the my, fuck? Yeah, my sister's like, don't say that. <laughs> what <the fuck laughs> he was just like, yeah. You? It's like, what? Holy shit. Yeah. But then my sister's like, he fucking pissed me off. Then we're like sitting there. She's like, you don't think that's going to happen, right? Oh I was like, God. what? I was like, no. I was like, how the hell is she going to blow away in the wind? I was like, like no, crazy. but you do need to keep an eye on him personally. <laughs> yeah. Like, that man is a predator and needs to be feared. <laughs> Holy shit. That is a fucked up thing to say. I, I have put my foot in my mouth on many occasion, but that really yeah, is impressive. Like a dead baby joke about the, someone's baby. Dead baby. Um, to a mother <laughs> carrying her baby. Dead baby joke. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Uh, Brother, timing is be. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just practicing his routine. I don't know. <laughs> He probably thought it was, like, so funny. It's just like, do not say that. Yeah. Don't say that. Yeah. But, but picking her up, going to her school, um, we I have to go down um, the street, El Paso, and, dude, fucking trees down everywhere. Yeah. Well, f- I, wait, what did I go? No, first I went circle of Constitution, Constitution down, um, and I didn't really notice anything. There were some lights out. I, you know, t- couldn't really tell. And then when we were driving home, going down that street, it was mayhem. There was a dude just dragging tree out of the road. We were, it was like zigzagging through yeah. the street <laughs> from just fallen trees. Someone had even took a, taken a chainsaw to cut the tree in half and move it so that like half the lane was open. Yeah. Wow. It was intense, yeah, it dude. Was crazy. Well, and then foolishly for like a second when I picked her up, I was like, well, hey, since you're out early. Let's like, I was like, let's maybe the power's not down in Manitou. And we are not necessarily close to Manitou. Yeah. We have to go through downtown old Colorado city to Manitou. Yeah. We went about two blocks and it was, it had taken us five minutes to like go two blocks. And I was like, we are not going to Manitou. <laughs> this is not, ha- I'm yeah. not even going downtown. Fuck that. Like we're, we're out. Um, plus, John had mentioned downtown was out of power anyway. It was like, okay, we're we're going home and we're staying there. Yeah. And I had we have a trampoline too in the back, and I was keeping oh, an eye yeah. on that trampoline. Like, yeah, it's gonna blow away. Like, oh. Yeah, I love. There's this great video. Have you seen it? Where it's um this trampoline. It's like a just a video cam footage of their backyard, and this trampoline during this windstorm just gently lands in their backyard. <laughs> gift from the gods it's so funny you know i haven't seen that dude i didn't kept it too like fuck yeah we got a trampoline i don't know who this is well and it's one of those backyards where you can kind of see into the other neighbor's backyard so (laughs) i just play it off like no dude this is mine (laughs) even though they can see like yeah that's about trampoline 
You're like, you're going to have to move it. Sorry. Right. No, that's, mm-hmm. that's crazy. I felt like there was something else I was going to say that happened, but now I forgot. Well, that's to do okay. with the wind. Yeah. Oh, um, was, did it involve driving or no? No, I don't think so. Oh, well. I got scared because the last, okay. Because my car got totaled several years ago yeah. and it was during a windstorm. Oh, when the lights went out, I we had all stopped appropriately. I, I started to go and then yeah. I, somebody going the, you know, you know, the other direction was not paying attention, yeah. did not realize the lights were out and just blasted through, nice. hit me, took off. No one ever found oh. him. Yeah. So totaled oh. my Highlander. Yikes. Yeah. I miss that car. That actually reminds me of something else I wanted to talk about. I saw this video, right? And it was like this girl. I thought it was fake because it's like a funeral, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this. And the girl's like at the like podium or something like that. And she's like and you're a fake ass bitch it's like she's yelling at someone like in the like crowd and then everyone's like "Ah," and then someone in the background's like you need to leave and then she's like my sister didn't even like you she was like you owed her money and i saw that you didn't even donate to her funeral so she's like yeah you can go don't be surprised bye holy shit and then i was like this cannot be real and then i looked it up and it was like definitely real and then like it was like kind of sad because i guess they were like um put into foster care by their father who was like a deadbeat and Her sister was, like, um, in, like, a car or something, like, at a red mm-hmm. light. And some dude in a fucking Tesla, like, hit their car. Like, mm-hmm. I think he was, like, drunk or yeah. some fucking shit. Like, killed, like, I think all three of the people in the car. And one of them was her sister. And he was, like, never charged. Like What? Yeah, nothing. No charges were brought against him. And, like, no one knows why, like. Probably because he was rich. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was, like, he must be, like, some rich fuck. But, yeah, it's just, like, crazy. Like, Oh, kinda. my gosh. But yeah, I yeah. just thought that video was so fucking hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, some I forgot. I, it just came to me. Like I forgot when I when I got hit, my car you know wouldn't move. Yeah, and uh, I was in the middle of the intersection. This is Platt and what is it? Platt and Circle. Yeah. So that's yes, right? Yes. Sorry. Last week I said Platt and Galley, and John had to like tell me that like those two streets do not intersect <laughs> they are parallel and i was really embarrassed okay. anyway so yes plat and circle heavy heavy traffic people are like first off no one really comes to my help they yeah. just like everyone just tr- starts driving yeah. around me like oh you are such an inconvenience getting <laughs> yeah. hit like that on a hit and run <laughs> And then one dude in a tow truck, he, like, pulls up real quick, and he's like, hey, you got to get this out of the street. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed (laughs) to do? So then he helps me push it butt up against a median. Yeah. And I'm just half in the – I'm just still in the street, and I just have to sit there until they come and tow it away. So that was such a fucking nightmare. And then the only witness that stayed is this – fucking eye drop tattoo the most gangster motherfucker you've ever seen and he is like got my back dude Aww. he's like man that guy it was brutal he hit her he ran nobody did shit like <laughs> he was angry on my behalf like to the cops it's funny it was great yeah wow that was the time too when i crashed my bike on um I've I'm just a fucking wreck, okay? Like <laughs> when I crashed my bike on uh it was Murray and North Carefree, I think, or South Carefree, you know where it Murray ends. Um yeah. and I was going on my bicycle and I was going way too fast and going around a corner. It was really embarrassing because in my brain I was like, curb, curb, curb. And then I hit the curb and I like slid and my glasses are knocked off. I like go to pick my glasses up, there's like blood on the ground. I'm like, oh shit, I 
I checked my nose because I was like, oh, I got a bloody nose. And it wasn't on my nose. So it was like on my head. I'm like dripping bloods down my face. And I pick my bike up. I like throw it on the grass. I'm super pissed, (laughs) you know. And I just sit. And people saw this. There's people at the light that saw me. Nobody, nothing. Just, are you okay? She's fine. (laughs) So I just sat there. And I remember I like had my phone. I was like, okay. If I can't remember John's phone number, I have to call 911. So I like pressed it in individually, the buttons, and I was like, okay, I think I'm okay. And then I had to call Tony from Neaters. I was like, come save me. And then when people saw his truck and saw me all bloody, then people were like rolling their windows down. They were like, is everything okay? Are you okay? Because they thought he had like hit me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Then suddenly people were concerned. Like, where were you five minutes ago when I busted my ass (laughs) in front of everybody? Yeah. I hate wrecking in front of people. It's so embarrassing. Really embarrassing. And I wasn't wearing a helmet. And that began my helmet-wearing career. I don't care how dorky I look, man. I I don't care if I'm a big girl with a little helmet on my head. (laughs) (laughs) But I I just, I've heard, okay, because there's that um, doctor on YouTube, that doc, is it Dr. Mike? You, okay well you should look up his youtube videos okay. they're great um he's like this really hot guy that just talks about medical <laughs> stuff but like he was talking because he's an er doctor and he was saying that he said most of the er victim or people that he has seen that died from bike related injuries he said most of them would have lived if they had just worn their helmet wow. and i was like that really seals the deal yeah. for me too of like i need it's to just scary. wear my helmet yeah. you know fuck it i don't want to be a vegetable yeah i yeah. Don't either. I freaking never wear a helmet, but yeah, I really need to. I always think <laughs> about should. it and I get scared. Like, Why do you get scared? I need to have a helmet. No, like I get scared that I don't have a helmet. Oh. And I'm like, I need a helmet. And then I'm just like, well, hopefully it's fine. But yeah. <laughs> do you just not have one? I don't think I do. Girl, you got to yeah, get one. I need to get one. I was actually thinking of riding my bike, but then I was like, oh, it's kind of cold out. And yeah. Fuck that. I'm just, yeah. I'm waiting until spring. Me too. I'm, I'm not. Like, yeah, I'll just wait until next year. <laughs> It's too chilly. Like, it's, I know it's not chilly enough where I couldn't, I've ridden my bike in like 30 degrees. I have where my, like, my ass cheeks yeah. were frozen. My face is frozen. It's not fun it's like when it's miserable. cold. Yeah. Your, like, ears hurt. And Every, like, yeah. And really, I remember my butt cheeks, like, when you get into warm yeah. weather, like, your butt cheeks, like, <laughs> burn, man, like, fire. Yeah. So. Okay. hmm Okay, I have one more thing I have to yes. tell you that I remembered. So I went to fucking Goodwill the other day. What the fuck was I doing? Oh, because I had to get um, our like secret Santa was like thrifted gifts. Mm-hmm. And I went back to get this like teapot that my friend was like, oh, I like this. But she was like my secret Santa. We were there together. I was yeah. like, I can't get this with you here. Yeah. So I was like, please be here. I went and like got it. And then I had like my like little fucking demon slippers on. Uh-huh. And this fucking like, I'm not kidding. He's like, he looks like he was like seven foot tall. Mm-hmm. and he's like oh he looks like fucking like lumberjack man like beanie on flannel yeah. jeans like completely normal he's like nice sh- slippers what are those and i was like oh they're demons they're like little like demon slippers and then he's like oh he's like wow he's like i love that and then like i looked down at his feet and he has on like sparkly gold high heels <laughs> all right and i was like oh he's like yeah and then he i like noticed he has his shoes in his hand he's like i'm just trying these on seeing yeah. how they feel i was like nice i was like they're cute yeah and he's like he's like there's another pair back there pink sparkly ones if you want them i was like oh i'll have to go look or yeah. whatever you know so then he like walks away then he comes back he's like so where would i find slippers like that 
I was like, I got them online, and I was like, you'll have to, like, look it up. It's, like, some website, something yeah. like that. He was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then he, like, walks away. So then I'm, like, shopping around again, and then he, like, comes up to me again. He's yeah. like, did you find those shoes? And I was like, no, I didn't. He's like, follow me. Oh, he, like, no. takes me Shit. to these fucking pink sparkly heels. To where he's going to murder you <laughs> That's with what them. I was thinking. He's like, wants to chop my feet off <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, who's that serial killer that, like, loved lady shoes? I don't know. It was in, like, know. Mindhunter, too. Really? That big redhead guy. Yeah, because they bring him a pair of shoes to, like, get him to talk. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, rubbing them oh, all yeah. seductively. Dude, that's what I was thinking. I was like, why the hell? I was so confused. Maybe he does drag. I don't fucking know. Yeah, sure. But it's just very bizarre. And then he's like, try them on. And then yeah. I was like, I don't think they're gonna fit but then i just was like uh and then i like felt nervous because my toes are like just like i didn't have socks on like my feet like nasty as hell with they're not like painted anything and then i was just yeah. like uh so i like try on the shoes like oh it doesn't fit yeah and he's like hmm and then he walks to this other pair of shoes he's no. like these are super cute he's like size 10 huh and he like sets them back down i was like oh it's like too bad those are really cute he's like well have fun and he like, just like walks away or whatever yeah but, yeah, it was so fucking weird. I was oh just like, my goodness. It just was like way too much social interaction for me for the night. For like, strangers? <laughs> yeah, dude. That's yeah. a lot for strangers. He's, Sorry. First, since you're talking about shoes, I got new shoes. Look at my shoes. <gasps> Ooh, wow. Dude, fancy. You know what? We've been we've been watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, really? And I saw these and I was like, yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> dude, those colors pop. Yeah. <laughs> They're like it purples kind of and like pinks yeah. and yeah, I, I love like them. They're ridiculous. They're I love them. Even Mary was like, can I borrow your shoes? I was like, they're too big for you, yeah. man. She's like, it's okay. It's funny. And then that reminds me of a story too. Um, do you remember the guy that used to, the gay guy that used to work at uh, the plate, the cake shop? God, I almost said it. Uh, so, oh, I don't think you ever. I know who you're talking about though. with him. Yeah. yeah. So I worked with him, but he was talking about when him and his husband um, were moving to Las Vegas. He said, "Yeah, his his parents were telling us like, oh, just have." pack some suitcases for like, you know, overnight stuff to be prepared. Like, you know, cause you're moving all your things. You're yeah. not going to have access. Make sure you have good access to some things, you know? So just make, put some suitcases aside. And then they come to visit to help them move. And they see like four suitcases by their doors. And they're like, Oh, you guys took our advice and for like clothes and stuff. And then the, you know, the guy I worked with, he was like, um, those are my boots. <laughs> <laughs> he had nothing prepared yeah. he's like no those those are boots <laughs> yeah i love very so important much. items <laughs> yes it's but funny. he does cake decorating in vegas now and it's his like shit is amazing yeah because yeah. you know we're a little limited here this yeah. is colorado springs you know this is not las vegas yeah Plus the ugh, the lack of humidity in this climate, like Ugh. it makes yeah. rolling out and laying fondant on cake a fucking nightmare. nightmare. Yeah. The only fondant that ever worked was like that half store-bought fondant and then half marshmallow fondant and you mix yeah. that together. It's that like nice. worked really well, but it was such a pain in the ass to like, ugh, to yeah. take your time to do. Yep. I, uh, <laughs> I've patched up many a fucked up fondant cakes, yeah. man. They are tough and yeah. the worst is when it's a specific color you've overworked it and yeah because i used to work really late there were late nights where like i was done and i would just like beat the shit out of the fun <laughs> fuck you for ruining my life like, <laughs> i would just totally lose it i you know i've fucked up a couple cake pans throwing fits <laughs> in there some nights some bowls yeah. may have ended up in the trash 
threw a steak knife through a cardboard box. I remember that day you fucking uh, threw your keys, and I was just like, oh. and then I didn't know what to say. I was like, just breathe. No. I just like, <laughs> I remember that. I don't remember what was pissing me off, but I remember just I had to do something. <laughs> I was standing there in full rage. There was like smoke coming out of my ears. Yeah, and I remember just having the keys and just looking at them like this is what I have yeah. to do. And then I just <laughs> threw them as hard as I could across the room. And I remember you spinning and going, what? <laughs> and then I just yeah. calmly, I picked up my keys and I heard you say that. And I think I just walked out the door. I was like, fuck yeah. this place. <laughs> I was so done. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. It was probably something stupid. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh, fuck. And then, oh, shit, I think there was something else. Like, damn it. I wanted to talk about, oh, I watched a great documentary called Hail Satan. I told John about it. Hail Satan. And this motherfucker, because, look, I love John, but when he thinks you're talking about something, he can't let it go. Yeah. And he's got to, like, tell you everything about it. And I was trying to tell him, like, no, not the Church of Satan, because there's a big distinction, Laura. A huge (laughs) distinction I learned through this documentary. Very different. Um, but that the Satanic Temple has nothing to do with the Church of Satan. And John kept wanting to talk about the Church of Satan. Yeah. And he's like, it's run by a guy named Philip now. And I was like, no, it's it's not. Like, it's another guy. And not the Church of Satan, the Satanic Temple. And he's yeah. like, yeah, run by a guy named Philip. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, Whatever you want to believe. So what it, it will, you know, sometimes when he's there, and I think I was a little too, like, high to debate him. I was yeah. like, Okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and we're done. Um, well, Fooey, I don't know, dude. Should we get going? Yeah, probably. Do you want to go first since you... I've been missing. You've for... been missing. You've been MIA <laughs> for these many yeah. long years. Oh, real quick before we do get started. So we will not be putting out new episodes for just because of the holidays and then getting, you know, we're traveling and stuff. What do you think, like... Maybe like three weeks until we post yeah, a new one, probably. probably. Just like Realistically, New Year starts, and then I might have after. to start working now that my ankle's yeah. all nice and healed up. So if that happens, we may have to reduce it to uh, bi-monthly um, episodes, yeah. just as a warning. But yeah, you know, to the again, both our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, but yeah, so okay, all we right. will get started. And yeah, yeah, sweet. Okay. I really hope I can read my handwriting. You got this. Just breathe. Okay. (laughs) All right. So today I'm going to be talking about the murder of Karen Tipton. And I hope I'm saying that right. I just think of the show I used to watch when I was a kid. Anyways. Okay. So Karen was brutally stabbed to death in her home in Decatur. I think that's how you say Alabama. I have Have no, I've never heard of that place. Sorry, all you people who listen from there. I know you're mad. Decanter. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's Decatur. I don't fucking know. That's what I'm going to say. In 1999. All right. So um, the investigation focused on a man named Daniel Moore, and it soon came to light that there was a lot more to this case than they initially believed. So um, prosecutors had viewed it as an open and shut case until the defense introduced issues related to extramarital affairs, pornography, and other theories about what may have led to Karen's death. So Karen Tipton was married to her husband, whom she had met at an Alabama hospital in 1984. They had two daughters together named Caroline and Catherine, who David had to raise by himself after she ended up dying. 
Um, he had a balance being like a single father and a head psychiatrist at a mental hospital and a hosky, North Carolina, I think. Sure. And um, both of the girls were seven and three when their mother died. And then I guess they had gotten married after like five years of dating in June of 1989. But I didn't really read anything that said like they had like a bad relationship mm-hmm. or anything like that. They just seemed like a normal little family. So um, after they got married, they'd moved to Alabama. And then 10 years later, on March 12th, 1999, their lives would change forever. March 12th, 1999, David Timpton comes home after leaving work. And he said it was a normal day and that nothing notable had happened. Um, him and Karen were supposed to go see like a show that night, so he had come home from work a little earlier than usual. He parked his car and he walked in from the garage into the house and he noticed that the deadbolt in the garage wasn't locked. So he like thought it was weird, but he wasn't like too concerned about it. He was like, whatever, it's like kind of normal, it's just not locked, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he gets inside and then he immediately notices that the alarm panel had been removed and it was lying on the kitchen counter. And so he said that the panel um, was on the wall when he went to work that morning. And he said it wasn't unusual. Or he said it was unusual, but it was not so weird. Not so weird. I don't know. These quotes were kind of fucking weird when I was writing them. I was like, okay. Anyway, so um, I guess their alarm system was not working. And it had been, they had been expecting someone to come in to fix it. Mm -hmm. But he was like, yes, it was a little strange. So anyways, uh, he went to the foyer to hang up his coat and he noticed like a tiny little drop of blood on the tile. So then he's like looking around and thinking, I'm going to go upstairs. He's like, Karen must be upstairs. Like it's a big house or whatever. Like he's a doctor. He's probably fucking who knows a mansion. Mm -hmm. So David said he called out to her and he was expecting the kids to already be home because she usually picks them up at 2.30, but the house was like quiet. He didn't hear anyone. So he hung up his coat and then he saw more blood in the foyer toward the door and it was like smeared on the wall. So then he started thinking, was like somebody hurt? Did they come home and someone was hurt? He's like, maybe no one is home because no one's like answering and he doesn't hear anything. So then he walks up the stairs and at the top of the stairs is a body that David recalls looking somewhat like Karen, which I just thought was like... Huh. disturbing because yeah. she must have been fucked up yeah but yeah so she was nude and she was stabbed 28 times oh shit yeah the trauma to her body was so brutal and extensive it took nine pages in the autopsy report to describe all of her wounds but she had blunt force trauma to the nose left side of her face her forehead her left cheek her upper lip behind her left ear the back of her head the left knee and the left lower leg I just thought it was weird, too, when I was, like, reading through this. I thought it was just, like, all her left side. Like, I yeah. wonder if that's, like, the side she was, like, defensive with. But, yeah, yeah kind of strange. And then she had a lot of, um, it said incision wounds, but I think it was just, like, stab wounds to oh, yeah. um, the front of her neck, more on her shoulder. Her throat was slit. Um, she had stabs in her left arm, left breast, left hand, her genitals, her chest, her abdomen, oh and the right side of her neck. And it, like, all totaled up to be, like, 28 stab wounds it's a yes excessive yeah that's what i was thinking i was like so um her husband after he found her body brutalized um called 911 to report it and that he didn't know where his kids were either because they weren't there at the house so the police searched the house and then they find out like she never went and picked the kids up from school so they were still there um and i guess like it was just like really puzzling because nothing really explained why she was killed like she was Mm -hmm. just like it's like a crime of passion and there's like nothing really missing i guess her purse and like some jewelry were missing but that was like it yeah um 
especially with like how vicious her murder was and i guess like the police and everyone like believed that like it was someone who knew her and i guess like the first suspect obviously was like the husband because the crime of passion whatever is usually the husband but um he had 100% confidence that he was, like, innocent because he hadn't even been in the same town since he was, like, a psychiatrist. I guess his office was in, uh, I think it was, like, Huntsville. Yeah. And I guess um, they had put, like, the timeline between when she was murdered at, where is it? I think 1 p.m., yeah, and then to 2.30 because she had called a friend at 1 and then the kids didn't get picked up at 2.30. So they're, like, it had to have, like, happened with some time between this. And I guess his office manager confirmed that he had left his office at 3.30 and he couldn't have arrived home, like, any earlier than 4.15. And the 911 call had come in at 4.27 p.m. So he was ruled out as a suspect and then it just left police at a dead end because they're, like, we don't have anything else. And I think... This happened in, like, 99, so I don't think, like, DNA or anything was really that great yet. And the pressure to solve it was, like, building. Um, so then, like, a month later, no leads had popped up. And I guess there was a high-speed pursuit of a shoplifter, which I thought was, like, crazy. Yeah. And then they ended up arresting this dude who's a 24-year-old named Daniel Wade Moore. And within 48 hours of arrest, they believed that he was the killer. So two days after his arrest, he had confessed to his uncle, Sparky Moore, which I felt like that sounded like a dog's name or something. Sparky Moore? Yeah. I was like, what? (laughs) I wrote, like, what kind of name is that? Anyways. uh, (laughs) Good old Sparky. Sparky Moore. Yeah. He, I guess, yeah, he confesses this. Um, Daniel was like... You know, that Tipton murder, the doctor's wife that was murdered on Chapel Hill Road. Well, I was there. Me and two other guys, we broke into the house. Nobody was supposed to be there. And the guy that was with me stabbed and killed her. So then Sparky reported the conversation to the authorities. And then the next day, the police tracked him down. He was in a hotel room and it was filled with, like, drugs because I guess he was, like, an addict. Yeah. And they brought him to the police headquarters for interrogation. And I guess when they left the room, he pulled out a pen knife. Do you know what that is? A pen knife? Like a... I've never heard of that before. I was like, a pen knife? I was like, is it like a pen and knife? I don't know. I'm really, like, (laughs) struggling right now. Do you mean, like, a little file? Like, a little scalpel? I I don't fucking know. Yep. He pulled out a penknife and he stabbed himself 16 times. Whoa. Yeah. So he didn't die. They took him to the hospital. He was recovering from his wounds. But while they were at the hospital, they're like, this has to be the fucking guy. So they go to his apartment. They search it and they find an alarm company toolbox. So I guess he had worked for the company that installed the alarm system in the Tipton home. And. Oh. Yeah. He wasn't working there anymore, but he had this toolbox. So. They believed that he had just, like, knocked on the door, went and was like, oh, I'm here to fix your, like, alarm panel or whatever lie he said. And because their alarm actually was broken, like, they think that Karen just let him in or whatever. Yeah. Um, And I guess Dr. Tipton said that Daniel had been at their home months before the murder. So he had already been there and probably was, like, scoping the place out. Who knows? So, um, Yeah. 
so I guess like using the um, evidence of blood splatter that they found at the scene, police pieced together what they believed happened. So they said that they know for a fact that the attack started downstairs in front of the fireplace. The first injury was a cut or a stab to the back Ooh. left aspect of her like neck. Her sweatshirt was forcibly removed and she was forced upstairs with a blood trail leading all the way up. And then the attack continued into the upstairs bedroom where they found her clothes on the floor and blood on the bed. Uh, David believes she was able to escape and then actually was murdered in the hallway. So um, David, the husband or whatever, like thinks it was like an open and shut case. But other people claimed that like it wasn't this simple. And some people think like he did it. Other things like that. So I guess um, DNA that they found, it was like two pubic hairs at the crime scene and one was on the bed, one was on a bloody washcloth. So the testing of each hair gave odds of 500 to 1 that they mm-hmm. belonged to um, more. And then nuclear DNA testing had odds of like 7.5 million to 1. So it was like really damning and conclusive ad- evidence of like his guilt. Yeah. It was also one of those things where I guess it's not like exactly like pinpointing a person. Mm-hmm. So anyways... um. Moore claimed that he had only confessed to the murder to get his grandpa and uncle to leave him alone and that he just lied to scare them to, like, stay out of his legal troubles. So uh, Daniel said that all he cared about was, like, getting back to do drugs. Like, he just wanted them to leave alone. So that's why he confessed. So Sparky, who originally turned in his nephew, believes that it was all, like, fabricated, that he does believe he just said that to do drugs. confessing to murder I know, means you like, get to do more drugs i didn't really understand it either it i like understand a, the mind of a you know a, a severe yeah. addict can be you know i don't know a brain chemistry is changed yeah. or you know you're out of your mind but saying you murder so and i just don't see how that's gonna be like oh okay we'll leave you alone then. yeah like, oh here's can, your reward yeah. is drugs like what it's like the, you're gonna go to a fucking prison and never be able to do drugs again yeah well maybe you, well, <laughs> I've heard it's easier to get it in prison than really? it is on the streets. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was his plan I'm a all ruiner. along then. Yeah. All right. Maybe he did want it. He just really wanted to do trust, man. <laughs> okay. So then this is the side of the case where it's like kind of like, oh, like Moore is innocent or like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Where there's like, so I guess nobody had seen Moore enter or leave the house. Not even, I guess there's like people paving a driveway next door. They didn't see like anyone all day like come in or leave. Um, none of his fingerprints were found at the crime scene and no fiber or hair evidence was found in his truck or motel room or his apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess his mother and sister both said like, there's no way like he could have done this, blah, blah, blah. But also that's just like, people are good at like hiding sure. themselves. So it's like, yeah. Knows? Um, he claims that the only person he ever thought of killing was himself. So mm-hmm. in October of 2001, he was charged with capital murder. Uh, Moore's defense attorney believes in his innocence, claiming that this was not something a burglar, robber, or rapist does, not even a contract killer. This was a crime of passion. So on November 4th of 2002, like three and a half years later, Moore finally went on trial. Prosecutors believe that they had a strong case, but for many, the case didn't add up. The defense attorney claimed that the drops of blood in the foyer were perfectly round, suggesting that Karen wasn't running or like struggling to get away, because why would they just perfectly fall onto the floor which is kind of weird and then instead of trying to escape through the front door when she was down there she went upstairs so at this point her attacker becomes a killer when they're upstairs she tries to flee down the hallway this is like their version of events Mm -hmm. where the killer catches her she collapses against the table and then that's likely where like all the fatal wounds occur 
and then her body was moved and dragged back out of the view of the stairwell because the perpetrator knew you could see the top of the landing from, like, outside, like, the stairs, I guess, like, looking mm-hmm. through the window. Um, yeah. So they said it was, like, less likely that it was, like, a stranger who did this, but someone who knew her had been yeah. to the house before. Yeah. So Sherman, that's the defense attorney, believes that it was the husband. He claims that... Um, I don't even know what I wrote here. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's just like the neighbors. Um, I guess someone like had like testified on stand that they had seen a truck like parked outside like every once in a while, like usually like during the day, like when the husband wasn't home, Yeah. that he like found out she was having an affair or something, like went into a jealous rage. Yeah. And someone else also testified that they saw his truck an hour before police arrived and that like maybe he like lied about the timeline but no one, like, was like, okay, like, why would he do this kind of a thing? So Sherman claims that um, it was the the affair, and I guess, um, okay, where did I write it? Because I kind of just went from my head. Sorry. It's okay. Delete this. I do it all the time. No way. Okay, so, okay, so he had this best friend, Mike um, Ezo. I don't know how to say his name. And I guess he had emailed Karen suggesting that they swap spouses. And then Karen, like, kind of just, like, went along with this conversation. was like, oh, yeah, like, whatever. And I guess Mike, or not Mike, um, her husband, Dr. Timpton or whatever, was, like, pissed off about this. Was, like, I guess, like, even on trial, like, he said, like, yeah, like, it annoyed me. Like, he felt, like, betrayed and, like, offended. Yeah. And that she, um, he said that she had carried on a silly conversation with a friend of his or something like that. He sounds uptight. Yeah, so Pal even says Karen was on the family computer that day she died and found the hard drive loaded with porn. And the majority of the stuff was, I guess, like, gay porn. Right, right. So they think that she found that he was watching gay porn and yeah. confronted him. And I don't know, just some of the scenarios were just kind of like, I don't know, like, you would kill someone because of this. But yeah. Yeah. So... Dr. Tempton said that although he is capable of murder, he would never murder someone he loved, let alone torture his wife. And he's like, you need to look at the fucking evidence. So, um, the two... (laughs) Sorry. I was, like, reading to it, so I'm not like this. Okay. Yeah, so, um, the two hairs that they believed, um, belonged to Daniel Moore... Apparently, like, when they DNA tested them, the standard DNA test was inconclusive. So they had to call in, like, the state called in some um, other doctor, Dr. Sudhir Sinha. And she tested the hairs for mitochondrial DNA. And I guess she said, like, it can't pinpoint one person, only a group of people. She Mm. said it didn't belong to the victim or the husband, but it was consistent with the hair of Daniel Moore. And so it ruled out 99.8% of the population, leaving two-tenths of 1%. So Moore was in that two-tenths. And then of all these people, like, he was the only one who had means, motive, and opportunity. So uh, the jury deliberated for two days. They found him guilty, and he was sentenced to death by lethal injection on January 23rd of 2003. But then, after the trial, like, literally, like, the day after the trial, this lady named Pam calls, and she was the neighbor, and she claims that she had seen Karen at her mailbox at 3.30, and she was like, I tried calling the police, like, right after I saw this, like, right, like, right when, like, the investigation was going on, but that apparently, like, they ignored her, but the police didn't have any record of this, like, I don't know. So, I guess, um, Powell, um, the defense attorney 
filed like a motion for a new trial because they're like the police was suppressing evidence or something like that because of this so then during this because then it's like a whole bunch of different people get involved they find out that there was a 245 page report on the murder and it was turned over to the fbi because they got involved and Mm -hmm. so when this was turned over the prosecution or not the prosecution the defense found out and i guess like the prosecution had not given this to the defense and they're like supposed to mm-hmm. and the defense had asked for it and so then it really was like okay yeah they like kept a whole bunch of shit from oh, them because shit. i guess there was like a whole bunch of other stuff in there that they didn't want them seeing and like <sighs> yeah fuck? so then they fucked up the whole fucking trial and so then the judge literally was like well if i try him again it's double jeopardy so the sleeves was no other option so then he had to literally just fucking release him like he, oh no yeah. yeah so um he gets like released then i guess um the a week later the alabama courts of criminal appeals um reviewed the decision they did like a stay on all proceedings which i think means they just kind of i don't know were like reviewing everything kind of waiting so then he went back to prison uh-huh so while they're like reviewing everything so then the second trial ended in like a stalemate where like they couldn't decide yeah so then they had to have a third trial and like this is over the course of nine years yeah and like by now it's like been just like rumors and like i guess like the dad like was getting death threats and people believed that it was like him and that he had this crazy fucking sex ring and just like all this crazy shit yeah he's like people will believe anything yeah i guess in court he's like i'm the fucking porn guy i'm the fucking sex king like he's like saying all this crazy shit shit. yeah so yeah the third trial um the jury was like probably fucking contaminated yeah uh they found him not guilty so yeah he's fucking free and after all of this uh david tipton still says that him and his family received death threats and just after his release david you know this second chance on life was arrested for burglaries, drugs, and even hit someone and ran, like, fled the scene. Oh, yep. So, real <sighs> great person. Yeah, he's a real winner. But yeah, that was the murder of Karen Tipton. That Poor was pretty crazy. Karen Tipton. Yeah, Shit. No justice. justice. No justice, man. Yep. That's That was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's what I thought. I can't even imagine being that family having to go through all that. Like, are we doing this? Yeah. And why did you hold it from the first place? Why didn't you just include yeah, it? If you didn't feel like up. you had a solid case, then build more evidence, yeah. you know? Don't, yeah. Because uh, even the jury had said that, too. Like, well, like, they're like, even if, like, even with the hair, DNA, and all of that, like, we still feel like he didn't get a fair trial. Yeah. Excuse me. And then they feel like guilty so like yeah it's just fucked up i feel like i would i would sue i would have yeah. sued those cops like the police department like I would you, too. you fucked up you fucked up bad yeah like fucked up a fucking family's life too like, like they, how desperate were you to just win a case like i wanted justice you just wanted to win yeah you literally. know so Ugh. fucking yeah. egos yeah well hot diggity damn <laughs> well sorry i felt like that was long no it, it that's okay mine okay. unfortunately is <laughs> probably just as long if not longer All right. i am concerned um and i didn't print it out which was foolish but oh, i'm gonna read okay. it off my computer okay so this should be really awkward and weird and um i almost thought about typing mine too and i'm so glad i didn't because then my power went out oh, and i was just yeah. like thinking about that i was like you'd oh. have nothing yeah reading it off your phone or yeah. something what a nightmare <laughs> oh hang on 
And oh, did you have sources? Did you say sources? <gasps> I'll look them up right now. Okay, I that's forgot. okay. While you're doing that, I'll say mine. I I got most of my information from a uh, a documentary on Amazon, um, but it's called The Poison Squad, and it was about yeah this dude. And um, oh, real quick, mine is about the beginning of the FDA. What what oh, food conditions were like cool. before? Food and Drug Administration wow. began. I'm excited for this. It's a <laughs> fucking horror show, man. Let me tell you. Okay. I, I am concerned. If you have a sensitive stomach, <laughs> I'm seriously concerned. I started writing this out. I was like, what if I make her barf? Like, Oh, <laughs> no, I should be okay. Okay, yeah. I know you've got a pretty strong stomach. Um, so, yeah, I said that. And then the other one, I there was this paper actually written by this, uh, I think it was like a Harvard student somewhere hang on oh shit okay so it was dash.harvard.edu it was uh harvey wiley theodore roosevelt and the federal regulation of food and drugs by a person named here it comes anthony goggin goffin g-a-u-g-h-a-n so figured that out (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and then did you have... Yes, I have mine. Okay, so I listened to this podcast. It was just like online. I don't even know if it's like actual... I don't know what it was. Yeah. But it was um, Southern Fried True Crime. And then I went onto this website, so I'm going to it. Okay, it was posted by CBS News, but it was just like this article someone wrote in like 2005. And it was called... Sorry. Sex, Lies, and the Doctor's Wife by Daniel Shorn. And then... This other freaking website, it's like a whole website, like literally made for it. And it was just called like, what is it? Uh, Karen Tipton murder.com. And oh, wow. I don't know who the author for over it was because it's like, looks like it was made in like literally 2000. Like, oh, if you look at this, like, yeah, <laughs> dude. But I love hitting like, those old yeah. websites where it's like, damn, that takes me back. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those were my sources. Cool. All right. Nice. So here I go. Um, I hope I do us proud. Hang on. Here it comes. Okay. Oh, no. I have to figure out how to make it bigger. I'm going to edit all this out. Okay, good. Yeah. Should I get all my bad parts? <laughs> oh, no. I'm leaving all of yours in. I'm, I want to come out looking like a hero. I hate when I can't read my handwriting that I'm like, oh, what is that word? And then I'm just like trying to read everything around it to see what it was. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. Should we tell the kids what you got? Heather for Christmas. She's known for, I feel like, years that I've wanted a bath bomb that has THC and, like, CBD in it because I just love THC baths. Yeah. And she got me some. I got you some. Three of them. Yes. 15 milligrams of CBD and 15 of CBD. Or THC. <laughs> it's already taking effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's already been absorbed through my skin. And then uh, I will repeat, though, because uh, the lady that was selling it, when I told her it was for a friend, she's like, well, okay, you need to tell her that if she's <laughs> tired and she uses the Calm bath bomb, she needs to have a friend that checks on her. <laughs> she was so concerned that... And then so I, we funny. started talking about the cranberries and how, like, yeah. that lead singer drowned in her fucking oh bathtub. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, see, it happens. <laughs> so don't be that chick from the cranberries, Laura. I won't. 
Okay, so Harvey Wiley and the FDA, the father of the FDA, are, we should, we have so much to say, or I'm sorry, we need to say thank you to this man who's dead and won't hear our thanks, but we should honor him. Okay. In the midst of the second industrial revolution, food production soared as people flocked to the cities and left the farm, losing the connection to their food they once had. Uh, Food manufacturers took advantage of this, uh, purposefully putting in harmful chemicals and additives with absolutely no oversight from the government, no regulations to weigh them down. Um, The 19th century was even known as the Great Stomach Ache because everyone was literally (laughs) sick all the time. That's like they said that they were like, to some degree... Every single person that was eating, like, canned and uh, processed foods was sick. Gosh. So, yes. Intestinal. Dude, I'm telling you, this is so fucked. Okay, here we go. But, yes, luckily we have one man, a man named (laughs) Harvey Wiley, to thank for really instituting this in despite heavy opposition from the government. Shocking, right? (laughs) Surprise. So Harvey Wiley was a government chemist, activist, and all-around cool dude. He was born and raised in a log cabin in Kent, Indiana. On the playground is where he spent most of his days, (laughs) chilling out Max and relaxing all cool, doing hard farm work. Uh, His father was a lay preacher, and through his religious upbringing was instilled a deep moral compass for fighting for justice. Harvey was born in 1849, and Indiana was a strictly pro-slavery state. His parents supported the abolitionist movement, and Harvey developed the same animosity towards slavery and slaveholders, even though the group was seen as a fringe movement full of equal rights weirdos. As a part-time preacher, his father spoke vehement. Oh my God, I've smoked too much weed. <laughs> As a part-time preacher, his father spoke vehemently against slavery, despite the congregation being in favor of it. When his father went to vote uh, for a more progressive abolitionist candidate, his neighbors, his neighbors came out and just screamed the N-word in his face. So, but that set the example for Harvey that you need to fight for what's right, even in the face of staunch opposition. Um, In the 1880s, after Harvey went to school and did a bunch of science learning, he went to work at Purdue University. So at this point, food safety was already on his mind. Um, He said he witnessed just the sad state of processed foods, like, because it didn't look very good the canned yeah. food back then can you imagine canned green beans in 1885 That's terrifying doesn't it though like yeah, that is just, just like, like thrown in there like, yeah like they just <laughs> threw botulism in <laughs> and then you died so um so when the state of indiana asked him to look into the purity of commercial honey and maple syrup he like totally jumped at the chance he was so excited to like do an analysis so he found that 90 percent of the products were fake composed mostly of tinted corn syrup and a little bit of honeycomb to go into the honey just to like finish off that little look and there were no requirements for labels if there were even any at all some jars were just completely unmarked or it just said honey you know so just nothing (laughs) no information at all um so this really lit a fire under Harvey's butt to do something. He knew that if there was this much corruption in the little old state of Indiana, it was probably happening on a massive nationwide scale. And he was not wrong. And if it can be believed, many government officials were being paid off by the food industry to keep regulation out of their corrupt operations. Hmm. Uh, by the time Harvey was getting to work on food safety, Europe was already ahead of us. 
uh, England in 1860 had passed a law to limit the adulteration of food after multiple people had died from it. There was this big incident in Bradshaw where 20 people died from arsenic being in the food coloring of candy. (laughs) So they were just sucking on arsenic. Um, In France, they had banned the use of um, salicylic acid after they learned how toxic it was. Uh, With the rising fear of becoming ill from eating tainted food, the food manufacturers in Europe, they themselves began to try to get ahead of it and voluntarily change their practice, um, you know, and their methods. And America was literally the exact opposite of that. It was like, how can we do this as corruptly as possible to make as much money as we can? And just as an example, so in 1890, Chicago's Union Stockyard were processing over 9 million head of cattle a year, and the company called Swift and Armor were providing 90% of the country's meat. And again, no government oversight. One company providing 90% of Americans with their meat, and no one's paying attention to how they're doing it. Yeah. So slaughterhouses were the the first users of what we consider the assembly line, and even Henry Ford took the idea that idea that the slaughterhouses were doing for the automobile. So because rail lines were now moving products farther and faster, food manufacturers had to figure out cheap and easy ways of preserving their freshness. Um, So refrigeration does not exist yet. This blows my fucking mind. Um, It was not a thing. So companies had to look to chemical manufacturers to help them out, such as Monsanto and Dow. Um, They provided them all with formaldehyde and copper sulfate that they could possibly want. This blows my fucking mind, too. So they, when they learned that certain chemicals were really dangerous, like like arsenic, for example, mm-hmm. they put a lot of restrictions on consumer, like how much consumers could, could buy. They put no limitations at all on food manufacturers, like them buying arsenic. Like, why would a food company need any arsenic yeah. at all you know and yet food companies are buying up all this arsenic they they have no limits no caps they could buy as much as they want and it's like why does a candy company need all this arsenic yeah. um hmm. so in 1883 he was offered a job as head chemist at the department of agriculture the timing could not have been better since he had just lost his job at purdue for the indecent crime of riding a bicycle on campus um <laughs> Technically, it was because of all the loud complaining about the food industry he was doing, but they had to, like, make it seem like something. But they deemed it was unbecoming of a professor (laughs) to ride his bicycle on campus. And then I was thinking about it, like, Purdue University. I'm just saying, at one point, sometime through its history, you just know there has been drunk faculty members, like, riding a golf cart through the fucking campus, right? But this motherfucker, <laughs> this, this Wiley Waskell. Yeah. So with his new job, Wiley wanted a bunch of labs set up all over the country to study food adulteration. And Harvey was about to tear some shit up. So his first main focus was the dairy industry. This, this, the fucking milk girl, let me tell you. Okay. Up until the second industrial revolution, mostly small children drank milk and almost no one else no adults were drinking it but milk had this sort of like wholesome association with it of this like pure you know you think of farms and drinking that fresh milk you know it's got this really kind of wholesome quality about it um so yeah like i said mostly small children drink it and the big reason being that fresh milk spoiled very quickly so sorry bert um and the dairy industry tried to get around that in just the most disgusting ways possible 
So to try to instill freshness, they would first cut the purity down. So they would add a pint of warm water um, and they would add that to a quart of milk. To keep it white, they would add a whitening agent like plaster of Paris or chalk. And then because it was supposed to imitate fresh milk, they would add a fake layer of cream on top that one would normally find on fresh milk. This is where it gets really disgusting. To replace the layer of fat, instead they use pureed calf brain because it mimicked the same look as cream. And they would just plop that right on top of your little milk bottle and you had milk, supposedly. Um, So typically dairies and breweries would also operate next to each other. So they would basically chain a cow up for the rest of its life and then they would feed it the leftovers from the brewery. But it's like heavily processed grains. So there's no nutritional value left in it, but the cows are eating it. So they're all malnourished. They're sickly. Their teeth are falling out. And they said a lot of the times cows would just die in the middle of being milked. And they would call these places swill dairies. And there were a lot of them in big cities. Fucking awful. Mm, And then they would throw calf brain on top of it. (laughs) So so with the spread of spoiled products, um, you know, came. So really, when you couple bad food, bad tainted food with poor sanitation and sewage, it's just a breeding ground for disease. So everybody is sick all the fucking time. Um, so sometimes in Wiley's studies, they would come across, because he was like sampling dairy stuff. When they would get milk, they would like actually find like living worms in the oh milk. My God. Yeah, dude, no. I told you. <laughs> Are you going to uh, be okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Do you need a bar? Fuck it. Um, so to get around this, to get around like the sourness that milk naturally has, they would add formaldehyde, which naturally has a sweet flavor. So it would give the illusion that it was fine. And dude, there would legit, dude, there would be people on the streets just selling hot milk out of a bucket, just selling it to people. That is fucking disgusting. It really, really is. Hang on, I'm going to check the audio. That reminds me of this fucking episode of Portlandia where they have like that milk stand. Have you seen it? No, but I need to. They're like, get your (gasps) milk, your fresh milk. Or I feel like it's like hot or something. It must be like making fun of that. And they keep trying to like shut them down. And they're like, this is like. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It probably is based on that, dude. Because I can think of nothing worse than this Petri dish. This like fucking bucket of bacteria. And botulism. I'm so sorry. Okay, we're moving on. Okay, to something even more disgusting. Harvey found that they were even lying about the butter they were selling, so it wasn't even cream. So the test that they ran showed that it was not milk fat, but it was instead something called, um, oh shoot, oleomargarine. Um, which is basically unprocessed scraps left over from meat packers. So, and they like straight labeled it as butter, but it was just like condensed like fat just like all the product just it was so yeah it was more like lard um and so the only thing that got done so he he brings all this to politicians and they're like they read all about the milk all the dairy not concerned the big like thing that they focus on is they pass like something called the butter act of like 18 whatever (laughs) (laughs) it's like you're okay, like granted the butter is gross. Yeah. But that is minor compared to the yeah. fucking maggot you're milk that you're fucking chalk and worms. Yeah, dude. That's fine. Uh maggot milk, we're cool. <laughs> Meat butter, I don't fucking think so. So Harvey was not impressed with the corporate butt kissing happening and was determined to prove uh how dangerous it was. Sorry, now I have to find my place again, man. Damn, okay. 
Harvey was not impressed with the corporate butt kissing happening and was determined to prove how dangerous it was. In his test, he found that sawdust, ash, and chicory was in coffee grinds and that pepper often contained charcoal and ground up coconut shell. What? Yeah, dude, people just stretching every little fucking yeah. thing that they could. I don't even, he didn't, they didn't talk about flour, but I wish they had because I'd be really wow. curious to see what they were adding yeah. to flour. Um, so he continued to push forward by uh, publishing his findings in scientific and federal papers, despite having little uh, little to no support from his government. Um, in 1890, Harvey was getting depressed. He was, like, doing all this work. No one gave a shit. Um, and then on top of that, like, the... The meat, the dairy industry, the meat industry, everybody's trying to smear his name because there are these big, giant corporate types. And they don't like the idea that he's like calling them out on their bullshit because up until he started publishing things, it was a pretty well-known secret that they were just adding all this shit in it, like literal poison. It's kind of weird, too. Like, I wonder if like someone like, you know, you're eating this pepper for like all these years and you get like actual pepper and you're like, yeah, I want my old pepper back. (laughs) You're like, you know, I guarantee but you know how like have you ever met people who like live through the depression and sometimes they're like no i want the gristle to chew on it's a treat like (laughs) like they're so you know there's like this pride of like i really suffered and like no this is the way we do things here yeah um i bet i bet i guarantee you people were like i want my charcoal coffee (laughs) um but yeah, so they're like smearing, they're like telling everybody like he's just power hungry. He just likes to spread rumors. He just wants to take us down just because, yeah. you know, they're just, they're just trying to make up all kinds of shit about him because they don't like him. Um, and then on top of that, they were cutting his funding to, to his projects and he was worried he was going to get scrapped altogether, but he got kind of lucky like unfortunate for all the people that died but he got really lucky because the spanish-american war was beginning and soldiers needed to get sent to cuba so this was kind of this new approach to feeding soldiers of we're going to ship you now preserved foods like we can do that now you're not going to get i don't know hard tack or something hard tack in your portion of rum like you know you're a fucking sailor on the open (laughs) seas and shit um so that that one company, Swift and Armory, they get this huge government contract to feed the troops. And of course, remo- uh, reports immediately come back that the meat's all tainted and fucked up. It smells rancid. It's full of chemicals. Um, the news reaches D.C. and the army reluctantly gives an investigation because, like, they don't want to admit that they went into, like, th- the one thing I've learned from John about the army, they do not ever admit that they fucked up, mm-hmm. ever, even when they fuck up. Yeah. And everybody is looking at them saying, we know you fucked up. <laughs> They're like, no, we did a report. We did not fuck up. <laughs> so so they did a report and they were like, everything's okie dokie. No rancid meat here. And the public was like, we're getting letters home from our, like, from our brothers on our whatever. Like, the your food is fucked, you know, don't lie to us. So this became known as the embalmed beef scandal. Um, so even Teddy Roosevelt, who was in the Spanish-American War, um, and, and I think he was only governor at the time, he did testify during this big beef scandal trial that the food in Cuba was nasty as hell and that more men actually died in the Spanish-American War from the tainted food their government sent them than the battles that they fought. Wow. So USA number one, baby. Um, even with the obvious evidence that the lack of uh, regulation in the food industry Oh, I'm sorry. I think I said that all fucked up. Even with the obvious evidence of the lack of regulation in the food industry, nothing was done despite men knowingly dying from it. 
Um, in order to convince the public, Harvey had to get drastic, so he started to put together a ragtag team of willful young men with iron stomachs to run tests on. He took 12 healthy idiots who did not mind being tested on. Uh, they would get $5 every month and free food. Um, he said he was like inundated with letters where people, men were like, bring it on. I can eat anything. Like, I can Whoa. eat a horse. Like, <laughs> people like, they wanted to be a part of this big project. People were kind of excited about it. Um, so he really limited everything that they had, like, because he, he had access to the chemicals that they were putting in foods, you know, he got to test the levels, you know, he had really high control over everything. They were limited to only eating the food that he gave them. I think they said that he boarded them as well. Um, and then after each meal, they would be bombarded with examinations, with questions to measure their well-being uh, before and after. And then the newspapers actually kind of went wild with the story. And then they dubbed the group uh, the Poison Squad, which I think is like really <laughs> rad. Yeah. I can't wait to... I We need a band I named know, the right? Poison Squad. <laughs> so... Um, he tested all the chemicals he could think of and was especially concerned with the long-term consumption of the products in small quantities because no tests had ever been run. Of course, no one's testing shit. Um, yeah, he, he didn't know how safe the products were over a long period of time. Um, borax was found... Oh, because there was borax in the food as well. <laughs> borax was found to give men intestinal issues, including vomiting, uh, and the exposure over the long term was definitely affecting them, and only half lasted through the final round of of eating that food. I think they would get it for a week, I believe. Sorry, it's in the documentary. Mm -hmm. um, but through the tests, men would get headaches, stomach aches, uh, they'd be trembling, it, they'd, you know, their kidneys and livers were, like, starting to weaken. Oh yeah, so it mimicked a lot of the symptoms that civilians had. Um, he tested copper sulfate, which was used to make green vegetables greener in the, like, after they were canned. Salicylic acid was in canned fruit, um, borax and meats. So the borax, I guess, would actually turn the meat a little pink. Like, if it was soggy, rotting meat, oh, it would, like, yeah. firm it up. Ew. So gross, dude. So chemicals fucking everywhere. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. This is where I have to transition to my paper now. Because I got tired of typing. <laughs> okay. So, so now it's like, oh, sorry, real quick. He was, they also started calling Harvey Wiley the old they called him Old Borax, and I thought that was just adorable. <laughs> so That's funny. Oh, I like this quote because he was really like talked about pure foods. And at first he started his his whole process of like, well, we should at least label what's, you know, what people are eating. And then after running all of his tests, he became a like really big supporter of just pure whole foods. It's like, don't add it. Don't add anything into your foods, you know, nothing that can really hurt you. And he really felt like anything and everything. At one point he went up against Coca-Cola. He wow. was like, you know, really against putting caffeine in products. And like, oh, wow. I can't even imagine what he would think of <laughs> the amount of soda we all drink today. Yeah. Um, wow. Anyway, so supporters of the corrupt food industry, you know, they all wailed about how passing laws would undermine American liberty and shit like that, even though like they're poisoning its citizens. <laughs> Um, but as support for food purity grew, many politicians had to cave to pressure. And I guess um, a big support group of his were women's activists, women's <laughs> rights activists, because they're feeding their children this yeah. shit and they don't fucking want to. They're yeah. like, I'm tired of my kids being sick. I'm sick. My husband's sick. Yeah. So like women's, you know, suffragette, suffragettes groups were like a big part of oh. his movement which i thought was really cool How do you know women i know right <laughs> Wait, once you get a bitch started man we don't stop 
luckily, another player unintentionally got involved. There was a man named Upton Sinclair. Uh, he was an undercover journalist, and he released uh, this book called The Jungle, which exposed the disgusting conditions of the American meat industry. So I also read that it was a book of fiction, but it, it did highlight like a lot of the meat industry practices, and it freaked people the fuck out. They were like, say what now? What did you find in there? Um so, like, the book was originally meant to be written for workers' rights, and it just accidentally became this star witness for food purity laws. <laughs> um, and it described it described mold growing on the walls, just dirty hands touching anything and everything. Um, it said there were rats that fell into meat grinders, oh my God. sick cows with, like, tuberculosis oh that would just goodness. get passed on through, just cut it up, yeah. hack it up, send it through. And then, like, the chemicals adding to make it look firm and pink and fresh. That's so uh, disturbing. Yeah. Um, what else? They said one case uh, that they saw, and this was actually the president's crew that came through. Actually, okay, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit too much. Okay. I'll get there in a second. <laughs> Um, upon reading this book, so Roosevelt, who is president now, because I did not realize that, I did not realize that Rose, did I just touch your, no, that was a chair. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Roosevelt only became president. I did not realize through, because the president had been assassinated and he was vice president. I did not, I always thought Roosevelt had just been voted in. Hmm. So William McKinley got shot by some dude and then died eight days later and then Roosevelt became president. So, uh, you know, Roosevelt already having kind of a history with the Spanish-American War. He knew about the the rancid meat. He said he would have rather have eaten his hat than eaten that (laughs) meat. Um, So upon reading the book, President Roosevelt now, uh, he sent his own team to investigate um, all these slaughterhouses and stuff. And it said what they saw really matched a lot of what they saw in the book. Um, and they said at one point they saw a cow fall into a latrine where the men were going to the yeah. bathroom. They just picked it up, did not hose it off, slaughtered it. Just okay. sent it through. Uh, yep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dude, this is what food was in like yeah. the early or late I'm 1800s. Glad. Early 1900s. I'm glad. I'm happy I'm alive now. I know our society's on the verge of collapse. Yeah. We're not eating rat sausage. Fucking piss me. Maggot milk. So nasty. God knows. Yeah. Because, yeah, once people left the farms, like, all of a sudden you have this mass migration in the cities and you have to feed these people. So it's like, you got to do it. The way we do it, I mean, yeah. I'm just so happy to be alive today. Me too. I, as a woman, <laughs> yes. I think about, like, sanitary items that I yeah. need where I'm like, I would just have to wear this, like, rag girdle if, I was, <laughs> if this was, like, 1850. Yeah, get sent to the fucking woods for a week. <laughs> <laughs> we just eat raw rabbit that you kill with a stick. Because <laughs> you're on your lady time. So you just turn into this wild, ravaged animal. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Every full moon. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Um, oh, and then originally, so like the, the crew that went to investigate uh, Roosevelt's personal whatever, um, they originally were not going to publish their findings, but when he started telling the meat industry, like, dude, you guys have to change your practices, and they started to fight back, he was like, fuck it, and he just released his personal report and just yeah. sent it all out to everybody, and he was like... My intention wasn't to harm the industry. It was to just show light. It was like, man, that was such a fuck you yeah. move. Like, yeah. And they deserved it. Yeah. 
But finally, in 1906, Congress passed the Food and Drug Act. So a lot of people gave Roosevelt uh, the credit for all of his hard work. No. I guess it was I guess it was kind of known that like Wiley and Roosevelt did not get along. Oh really? At all. They they respected each other, but in no way did they enjoy each other's yeah. company. It was kind of always a dick measuring contest a little bit. Roosevelt was, you know, he was this really hardcore conservative, like and I'm not lying when I say I will be covering the Roosevelts. I'm dying to. Yeah. I need to know more about this family. They sound <laughs> insane. Um, but yeah, you know, just that like Roosevelt, I think, didn't they call him like the bull moose or something? I have no uh, idea. Who fucking cares? <laughs> yeah. All I know is Robin Williams played him in Night. What is it? Uh, Night, Night at the, at the museum. museum. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Um But yeah, he was just kind of a hardcore dude. Um, I think he could have, he was a bit of a dick. But he just came from wealth and, yeah. you know, expected things. Like, and so, um, let's see. So Wiley was really cheesed off about it. He was pissed because he spent decades, yeah. like, pushing a fucking chain uphill, you know, with his nose. Like, he just never got any traction. You know, ooh, the Butter Act got passed. You know, <laughs> yeah. big fucking deal. Despite all of his evidence that it's, like, killing people. And even his own poison squad, I mean, no one died from it, but they were really bad you know at the end of this experiment (laughs) they were not doing well and that was him controlling everything and uh, but anyway uh so wiley was pretty cheesed off that you know he got no credit roosevelt even wrote in his his own autobiography about all the great work he did for the for the uh food and drug act and never not once mentioned wiley's name so he would give the man credit in private but when it came to speaking publicly not a fucking word like what happened even he just did it more of like spite too i think so well they just butted heads a lot you know because i guess harvey wiley was known for just being no nonsense he was just like fucking upfront brutal i think it was just kind of a weird alpha male struggle you know um yeah where they're both like i'm right (laughs) i'm right like yeah well and i guess it really the straw that broke the camel's back was harvey was also a big big like highly against sorghum i guess and like or saccharin i'm sorry um he didn't like the idea of like the inverted sugars i think Mm -hmm. um so he said like oh we need to we also should consider getting rid of saccharin and i guess Roosevelt's doctor had prescribed him saccharin. Oh. I don't know what for, but yeah. I guess they were like, his face turned bright red. He's like, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, yeah. like he could just oh get riled yeah. up. You know, he sounds like a real dick. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Sorry, I have to look this up because I didn't finish writing everything. Unfortunately, Harvey Wiley uh, died June 30th, 1930. He did have an autobiography, so he got to say his piece, Mm -hmm. but I think we owe this man a lot of credit. We should build a statue in his honor. You've seen Coraline, right? Bits and pieces, I feel like the kid in it is named, like, Wiley, because I just remember her, like, Wiley. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Wiley Coyote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the dude, and uh, you should watch Poison Squad. It's it's dude, a really it cool good. little documentary. I want to. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, that's my story. So, nice. and they did say like little, and the thing with the milk too, they had said was especially disturbing, and the fact that no one ever got in trouble, even though they knew they were poisoning people, formaldehyde, fucking formaldehyde. Um, 
they said because they were specifically targeting children and thousands of kids were dying yeah. from bad milk. That's crazy. And that just just no one gave a shit. Yeah. And now you can't even get a fucking abortion in some <laughs> states, man. <laughs> Before insane. you could just kill a kid with milk. Fuck that kid. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking insane. My mom always talks about how like, oh, and like if you have lots of like pain in one area then that was your past life how you died and now i'm convinced because i have stomach problems that i was really one of those kids who drank the milk yep (laughs) (laughs) that would be such a bummer what if you were haunted by your past lives specifically and there's just some sad like milk drinking little kid like a dirty dress like god would you just fucking go away (laughs) I don't know why that reminds me of Doom Patrol. Have you? S- I know you're not a big superhero person. Yeah. It's on HBO Max. No, you won't watch it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh, I haven't even heard of it. It is. Well, it's like a group of fucked up seri- superheroes. It's kind of oh, like. Okay. Did you watch The Boys? Yeah. Okay, so it's it's oh, not okay. it's not nearly as fucked yeah. up as The Boys, but it's fucked up. You know, it's Brandon Fraser is the big robot guy. There's a girl that has like all these personalities that like come out. She's got oh. like 64 personalities that can come out of fucking yeah. random. She doesn't remember what she's done <laughs> yeah. during it. Like. It's a lot of... It's really it dark. Cool. It's cool. I want to watch it. Yeah. God, who else? What's it on? It's on HBO. Yeah. HBO Max. Yeah, you should, you should okay. check it out yeah. for sure. Bill and Lori love that show. I've been trying to watch it with John, and he did just admit to me. Because I always feel like he... I'd be like, oh, let's watch Doom Patrol. And he'd be like, okay. <laughs> so I finally asked him the last time. I said, Doom Patrol. And he like just kind of stared at me. <laughs> and I was like... So I kind of get the feeling you're not, like, really that into it. And he was like, I'm not. Like, he just, like, he was confessing to this crime, you know. Like, so funny. It's true. I don't like it. And I was like, no, it's cool. Now I can, like, binge watch yeah, it all so without you. you. Yeah, I've been, like, pissed. I keep having to wait for your ass <laughs> to watch it with you. So it, it works out. Nice. So, yeah, that's it. Um, I will be traveling to California next week. When do you leave? uh the tw- 23rd oh, okay yeah and then we'll be gone i don't know just over a week oh and then we're spending a couple days in vegas Ooh, i'm fun. so excited yeah we just got our hotel room a couple nights ago we're gonna stay at planet hollywood i'm fucking i want to go to vegas <gasps> next year man <laughs> yeah come with me all right <laughs> fuck well i don't know did you want to wrap it up with anything or are you are you done so no, because you gotta yeah probably gonna go you gotta to go to your and- you got to go to your sister's place. Yeah. Oh, I'm so Before sorry. Before they fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, goodbye, young ones. And fuck Santa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know what to say. <laughs>